What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. We're still rolling along three days a week in August, but every day there's a show. Make sure it's your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same we're still having a bunch of fun, even if it's the slow time here in Blazerland. But we are getting closer. Uh, NBA training camps are probably going to open up in about a month from now. Preseason begins the first week of October. We are getting there. You are listening to Monday, August 29th's show. Thank you for listening. And today's show, we're talking all things Bosnian beast. Yusuf Nurkic had a viral moment over the weekend when he crammed all over Francis Vincent Poirier. Vincent, former uh, Boston Celtic, a big person, tried to contest Yusuf Nurkic at the rack and got crammed on, became a wonderful social media highlight, a YouTube sensation, all of those things. Your boy Nurk doing what he does. That's like the signature Nurk dunk is one-handed with the right hand, clear out with the other hand, and be too big to stop. He's done it a bunch of times, and he did it again in the FIBA World Cup qualifier. I want to talk about Nurk abroad. Uh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be there for, right now they're playing World Cup qualifiers. Uh, then they're going to switch over to, to Eurobasket, a, a two, separate, um, uh, two separate events. And he, European Nurk, Nurk with repping Bosnia and Herzegovina has been good. I want to talk about today's show, what we've seen from Nurk there, and how the Blazers can get the best Nurk, the best of Nurk, when he's back wearing a Trailblazers uniform in the fall, as we talked about, in October when they start playing competitive exhibition basketball again, and then the real thing a little bit later in October. Uh, Let's just talk about what Nurk's doing first. Uh, Let's start with a highlight. This is a game against France, the second of these uh, FIBA World Cup qualifiers. Uh, this uh, FIBA World Cup was formerly known as the FIBA World Championship. Uh, it, I don't know how recently it became the FIBA Basketball World Cup or the FIBA World Cup for short, uh, but but that's what it is now. This is the FIBA World Championships, um, uh, a separate European tournament from from Eurobasket, but a big one and one one that has uh, Olympic qualifying um, consideration. If you win the World Cup, you you get into the you get you could make the Olympics down the road for, via via that tournament. The way the Eurobasket is a little bit different. However, the Nurk has played two games. He played a game against Montenegro. He had thirteen and a twenty one point loss to Montenegro. He had thirteen point seven boards in twenty seven minutes. Struggled a little bit from the floor. Four of nine from the floor. Oh, four from three. Five, made five of his eight free throws. But against France, they go into double overtime. They win a thriller against a team with you know Rudy Gobert and his blonde hair on the court. Rudy Gobert sporting the blonde in the summertime. Uh, you know, one of the best defensive players in the straight up the history of the NBA on the court for him. And Nurk was really good in that game. 21 points, 9 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals and a block in 31 minutes. 9 of 16 from the floor. 1 of 4 from 3. He hit his first 3 in like the opening seconds of this game and then missed the other 3. 2 of 5 from the free throw line. Again, struggled a little bit from the stripe. But Nurk... Nurk's been Nurk's been pretty good. Like, that's that's a really impressive night against France. And then and, and the highlight is the dunk. Nurk catches it at the top of the key. A guard shows on him and he pump fakes, gets the guard a little bit off balance, who then bails, realizing he shouldn't be guarding a seven foot, 300 pound man out that far from the rim. He goes to look for someone else to guard after Nurk gets him a little off balance with a one handed ball fake. As the C parts, Nurk drives. Big man Vincent Poyer tries to uh, 
challenge him at the rim and Nurk says, no way, just no way, and just crams on him, uh, kind of protects himself with the left hand, goes up hard with the right, dunks, comes down hard, and it is like a big physical highlight. You'll see it a whole bunch dunk. Uh, Nurk Sporting zero with Bosnia, which is pretty tight, wearing the letter O over there in Bosnia, and, and the highlight is is the special one that you will see. I think, um, I, I think in general, like guys, particularly you know, playing for the national team, uh, particularly European players, because it's just like this is more important in Bosnia than than some like Trailblazer games. Like this is really important. Wearing that jersey on the front is important. All these things are important. And Nurk gets to be the guy with Bosnia, and I think that's that's th- th- those are two important things. One, like these are meaningful games, even though they're on you know a little bit harder for us to watch. Although you can go to FIBA.com's FIBA's website and rewatch the games. They're available for rewatch if you want to watch them. Uh, the flow of European basketball is great. There are a lot less stoppages, so if you do want to catch up and watch it, it is available for you for you to watch online relatively easily. Like, but. You know, Nurk's, Nurk's playing well. A, an impressive win over over um, uh, over France. If you watch the highlights, you know, late in the late in the second overtime, they're going to him and they've taken Poyer off him. He was abusing Poyer early in this game, abusing him. They take they take Poyer off him. They put Rudy Gobert on him. Right? They say, "We got the best best defensive big man in the world. Let's go put him on Nurk." And Nurk twice goes to work, gets middle to his right hand, and hook shots right over Rudy Gobert. There's even a third one when Gobert kind of does a half flop and Nurk scores over him. This is the Nurk of preference for him, right? He's getting a bunch of touches on the left block. He's able to go middle with his right hand. And if middle gets taken away, he can spin back and use his offhand or like that near rim right-handed scoopy layup that you've seen Nurk do so many times. But like this version of Yusuf Nurkic as the guy, as the man playing for a place where he has a ton of pride to have, to have, to show these things like this matters for Nurk, right? Like this, this, this is important for Nurk. It's important for the country. And he looks really good doing it. It's cool. Like the highlight, the highlight itself is fun, but I think moreover, what's, what's important here is, is like, this is kind of the best version of Nurk is Nurk as a focal point. How can the Blazers find Nurk as a focal point? Nurk as these things where, you know, uh, European basketball is a little different than the league. So like, you know, 21-9-4 maybe in, in double overtime in a game that neither team scored 100 points. Like maybe doesn't seem like um, a monster game, but this is, that's a monster game by by FIBA standards. Like that's a, that's a monster night. Uh, you know, Nurk's had some crazy stat lines in the NBA uh, and certainly is, is has had some crazy moments, but like... Uh, Nurk is Nurk is coming off the season where he looked like the best version of himself. He's showing up in Bosnia wearing the Bosnian national team jersey looking like the best version of himself. How can the Blazers harness that, get that and find 75 games of this version of Nurk? I've got some ideas. I want to talk a little bit about what we saw from Nurk last year and the numbers behind the production of Nurk as the third guy and production of Nurk as the second option on offense and what that says about him going forward. But before we get there, I want to remind you about just the importance of driving safe. Listen, it's never okay, never okay to drive stoned. 
because it's dangerous out there. If if you think it's okay, and you might be thinking, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. Look, the truth is your reaction time slow down when you're high, and you're not only putting yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. That's a reminder just to be safe out there on the roads. Let's talk about use of nurkers a little bit in the second segment. All right. Nurk. A beast and a focal point with the Bosnian national team. Dude has had his moments in the league. I do not mean to paint Nurk like he hasn't had his moments. He's been really good. We saw him in January of last year. Nurk averaged 17.4 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 3.5 assists in 24 games before the Blazers shut him down or before his plantar fascia happened to spring up right at the All-Star break, uh, depending on what you would like to read into it. Uh, But... 25 games of 17, 14, and uh, and uh, three and a half is awesome work, right? Like, we have seen it. But I think digging a little deeper into the numbers suggests how to get the most out of Nurk. And I think that's that's really the question here. Prior to Dame going down, Dame's last game last year, this is Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., Blazers All-Star point guard. Dame, Dame goes down, his, his final game of the year is... is uh, December 31st, 2021, uh, an easy, an easy uh, marker in the calendar, but also like an important demarcation of where the Blazers like seasons shifted. They struggled in, in November and December. Um, there was, they just, they were nine games below 500 when Damon Lord got out. They were not a good basketball team. Dame was injured, but there was also just bad. The vibes were bad and the, and the basketball was bad. They struggled. And prior to prior to Dame getting hurt Nurk it's not like Nurk was bad necessarily 15 and 11 right, right under 3 assists per game you know shooting 53% from the floor uh, basically effective field goal percentage right at 55% like not great but not bad 15 and 10 is like a good really solid season from Nurk right you really believe it but he was just getting a lot less touches in the post. The Bosnian beast you see playing for his home country is getting force-fed, you know, getting fed on the block where he wants it. He wants to go to the left side of the court, wants to catch it in the post, where he either can face up and use his, you know, his good feet to, to make a move and his power, because that's what sets Nurk apart is, is he can have, um, he both has his light on his feet and he's incre- he's just a giant person, incredibly powerful, but he wants to be on that left side so he can go middle with his right hand, like we talked about. Prior to January 1st, Nurk was averaging just over three post-ups a game. He just wasn't getting that many touches in the post. They're a pick-and-roll-heavy team, and Nurk's numbers as a a role man in the pick-and-roll with Damian Lord are elite. He is a wonderful role man. Uh, Elite might be an overstatement. He is well above average, according to the numbers, uh, as a pick-and-roll man rolling with Damian Lord. Uh, Numbers courtesy of Synergy. Straight up really, really, really solid. One of the good ones, right? Like, Nurk's got chemistry as, as a role guy. But he wants touches in the post for sure. He wants to he wants to to be to be kind of the engine starter as opposed to just a, a cog in the engine. Every NBA player wants touches and shots. That's not unique to Nurk. I don't mean to paint it as such, but it is what it is. A big person like Nurk size needs a specific type of touch. After January first, this is January first, twenty twenty two. Dame's out. Nurk starts to be the focal point for 
six weeks or one of the focal points. He's the second option behind Ant. Nurk averaged over nine post-ups a game. They were giving him the ball on the block. He was going, he was getting his chance to go for it. Now, his efficiency slipped. He was not as efficient. He was more efficient on three post-ups a game than he was on nine post-ups a game. He was more efficient overall from the field when he had a a smaller offensive load than when he had a bigger offensive load from January 1st until he played his last game in the middle of February at the All-Star break. He was more efficient with a smaller role. That is typical of NBA players. The best players can scale up from, you know, small role to big role with efficiency. Nurk had a drop in efficiency as he scaled up in role. That's normal. That is just a normal thing that's going to happen to guys. Um, Not many dudes can have a big uptick in usage and maintain their efficiency. Nurk slipped a little bit in the way that you would expect. From about 57.7 effective field goal percentage to 52% effective field goal percentage. Worse. Worse. He made less shots. He was worse. But I think the efficiency numbers paint what Nurk does and what Nurk can do um, not in the wrong light, because I believe in the numbers. I'm a a nerd. Like I, I believe in the numbers. But you can see it with your eyeballs. Nurk with more touches was more engaged defensively. Nurk with more touches was more willing to pass the ball. His his assist numbers went up as he got more touches, which you would expect. But also his percentage of assists slightly rose when he got more touches. Like he passed the ball more because when you get the ball in the post three times, you're going to shoot it. You're just not going, you know, I get three of these touches, I'm going to shoot it. When you get the ball in the post nine times, you could shoot it five of those times. The other four times you keep it moving. I really like the idea of Nurk as a passer out of the post. I don't think maybe the path forward, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, is like a bunch of Nurk post-ups. But the idea that Nurk getting post-touches could help the offense, I 100% buy into and agree with. The way to get the most out of Nurk is in some ways to lean into this role that he had in January. But the context of that role in January is important. Norman Powell only played nine, nine games. There's 24 games. From January 1st to uh, to when Nurk was shut down on February 16th. Nurk played in all 24 of those games. Norman Powell played in 9. CJ played in 12. Josh Hart played in 3. Uh, the only player who played in all 24 along with him was Trenton Wofford. Uh, so, like, you are getting... This wasn't, you know, you no, no Dame during this stretch, right? Like, you don't... The context matters. They turned the keys basically over to Ant, and he was the number one guy. He was he was the lead guy of the dance. But Nurk was very clearly the second option on offense. They were running the memorial first play for him every game. He got his first touch on that left block where he wants the ball. The context is going to change a little bit this year. It's going to be different for Nurk, right? Like, it's, it's not going to look identical because you're introducing... Uh, Dame, who's going to soak up a bunch of possessions and wants to dribble and run the and run pick and rolls and all that. You're introducing Amphrey Simons again as the two guard, a guy whose best best skill is scoring. You want him to go and score and shoot. That's how you get the most out of Ant. You're introducing Jeremy Grant, who might not soak up a, a million possessions, but it's safe to assume that Jeremy Grant's going to shoot the ball. He's going to take some possessions away from Nurk in a way that the previous, uh, you know. Robert Covington, Larry Nance, even Trendon last year. Trendon gets him up. But, uh, like, uh, Jeremy Grant, I'm willing to wager, will have a higher usage rate than those gentlemen. He's going to shoot more. He's more capable of scoring on his own, more more capable and more willing to, to take shots in isolation, take shots in one-on-one situations. Like, there's just there's more offense there. there Josh Hart, if he's going to play, they, they keep saying they want the ball in his hands. He's going to go, and there's some offense to be had there. Um 
I'm not sure the the rest of the the guys are high usage guys. Don't think Nas will be. Don't think Justice Winslow will be. Uh, I don't think Gary Payton's going to be a high usage guy on offense. Uh, if he plays Shane Sharp, you know he's going to he's going to shoot some. You would expect, uh, but he's not going to be like a big 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 focal point on offense, etc. Like that. Same with Trenton Watford. I don't like. He likes the ball in his hands, likes to shoot, but I don't think one who knows how much he'll share the time, share the floor with Nurk, and how much offense he'll really soak up. But Nurk is pretty clearly going to be fourth in the usage distribution, fourth in fourth in shot distribution. I think that's safe to say. But you need to strike a balance between three post ups a game and nine post ups a game because Nurk was happier and better and just more, just uh, looked like much closer to the best version of himself when he was getting closer to nine chances a night to post up versus three. It's not as simple as three and nine, like triple the number of post touches, you're better. Again, the efficiency went down a little bit. The Blazers didn't win a bunch of games. You're also making a choice when you post up Nurk, and that is to go away from what your offense does best. So I want to talk about to close the show is consistency and balance, because those are the two key things for the Blazers getting the most out of Yusuf Nurkic. Join me in the third segment. Let's talk all about it, shall we? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're still talking all things Yusuf Nurkic. I watched Yusuf Nurkic highlights, then I rewatched a little bit of the game. We watched the fourth corner in overtime of the game against France, and I was inspired by how well Nurk played and how good he looked. And as the guy on offense for his country, going at legitimate NBA front line, going at Rigo Bear in the clutch to make right-handed hook shots, hook shot that full to death. If Yusuf Nurkic is a good is a good hook shotter, hook hook shooter, hook shot maker, I think I'll stay with hook shotter. It's the stupidest one, so we'll stick with that. That's a weapon. That's a weapon. But the best version of Nurk is a pick-and-roll beast. The best version of Nurk is probably a dribble handoff beast. It's not a post-up guy. But Nurk wants to post up. And part of getting the most out of him is giving him a little bit of what he wants to make him happiest. This is the balance with every player in the league. What do you want to do? Well, uh, you know, I'm Damon Lord. I want to run pick-and-rolls. Okay, we're going to run a bunch of pick-and-rolls for you. And what do you want to do? Well, I want to run pick-and-rolls, and I want to get... So wing isolations because no one could guard me. Okay, we'll get him. We'll get him there. Uh, Jeremy Grant, what do you want to do? Well, I want to post. You know, I want to have high post ups. I want to isolate in the mid range and go to work. Okay, we'll see if we can get you some of those touches. Right, like this is the balance of everyone in the league. Not again, not unique to Yusuf Nurkic, but Nurk is such a bellwether for how well this team plays. When Nurk has been on the court, consistently the Blazers have been an average to above average defense. When he's been off the court, it's absolutely cratered. He is so crucial to what they want to do. Yusuf Nurkic has been a wonderful pick-and-roll partner with Damian Lillard for multiple seasons. And last year, during that six-week stretch from January to, to Valentine's Day, January 1st to Valentine's Day, him and Ant were a wonderful pick-and-roll duo yet again. Nurk's got some real pick-and-roll skills. Playing with two great ball handlers, and I think um, some of that you know raises his floor a little bit, but like... Yeah, I, I think there's enough of a sample size to say that he's a really good pick-and-roll big man. But it's clear uh, from my time around the team and listening to Nurk and talking to Nurk is that he wants a little more responsibility. A little more responsibility for a guy like Nurk means post-touches, something that they committed to when the team was a little bit injured. It doesn't only mean post-touches, and I don't mean to paint it so starkly, but like some catches near the rim because that's where he can do the most damage. I'm into it. I'm into Nurk getting some post-ups because I, I, I like the idea of changing the way the offense looks. 
Um, I like the idea of just the variety. I, I think he can be a good, really good passer out of the post. I think against some matchups, they're just not big enough to guard Nurk, so then they have to send two players. Anyone on your team that can command a double team creates an advantage. Let's go and find those advantages. That's, that's the key. But the question with Nurk is consistency. It's not whether he can do this. We've seen him touch high highs in the, in the NBA. He's been really good. The question with Nurk is not can he be really good, it's can he be always something like closer to his best self. The question with Nurk is consistency. It's not, it's not overall talent. It's the consistent production with that talent. And the, some of the ways to get more consistent production from Nurk is to give him what he wants, which is why I'm talking post-touches, right? Like, to, to f- he was clearly a frustrator early in the season. He was clearly a lot feeling a lot better in January when he was playing better, and that coincided with him just get, having a higher share of the offense, having just more, more Nurk stuff. The question is balance. When you choose to post Nurk up, you are taking away one of the best ways to score in the league. And one of the best ways to score in the league is run a pick and roll with Damian Lillard. You're making a choice between something that is really good and something that's just okay. On the year, Yusuf Nurkic averaged 0.85 points per possession out of the post. That's the 32nd percentile in the league. That is near his career high. The best version of Nurk we've seen pre-injury in that 2018-19 season averaged 0.85 points per game out of the post. Really good in the bubble, but it was only eight games. Uh, when we've seen larger sample sizes, about the best you're going to get out of Nurk is about 0.85 points per possession. That is not good enough offense to commit to it. So you're not going to run 9, 12, 13 post-ups a game if Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard are on the court. It's about striking a balance. It's about finding six, seven touches out of the post for Nurk and enough touches that he doesn't just force shots at the rim and hurry. You've seen Nurk, like, you know, this is, I've talked a lot in numbers in this, this show, but you could see it, you can see it when Nurk is rushed. And when he's rushed, he's bad in the post. He makes bad decisions. He flips up little soft shots. Um, he doesn't go up strong. He doesn't get to his right hand in the hook shots that he can make. He tries to spin back and shoot those little, um, you know, right-handed layups on the left side of the rim where you're just, your angle is weird and it's tough and you're coming from underneath and all of those things. Like, you see it with Nurk. He rushes, he turns the ball over, he he commits offensive fouls because he's he is just going to go to the rim and the defender knows it and they, you know, and they pull the chair or they let him get hit in the chest and fall down and the NBA rewards falling down in a way that punishes giant people like Nurk. But it's part of the sport. He's got to figure out the balance. It's the balance and the consistency. When you are choosing to post up Nurk, you are choosing to take away some of the best offense in the league. But choosing to give Nurk a little bit of the carrot helps him be the best version of himself, helps him be a play with great spirit on defense, which they're going to need a whole bunch of Nurk there. And it helps him be a better decision maker because he's not panicking about his touches. The way to maximize Nurk is not to make him a number one option, just because it's not realistic. If Dame's going to be on the court, you want him carrying the bulk of the offensive load. And quite frankly, you want Dame doing what he does best because it's some of the best offense in the league, right? Like Dame... In isolation, Dame, as a pick-and-roll guy, is an elite offensive option. The point of getting Nurk more involved is more variety on offense and just uh, making the team a little bit harder to guard because you're not doing the same thing every time down the floor uh, or like a version of the same thing every time down the floor. When it comes down to it, when we're talking the last three minutes, four minutes of the game, they're going to run pick-and-rolls. They're going to run their bread and butter. They're going to do what they do. But I'm talking the first 40 minutes of each game. 
get Nurk more involved. The best, the way to maximize Nurk is to find that balance between what he was prior to, uh, you know, in 2022 last year, prior to the prior to the, the new year, and then New Year Nurk. Finding, striking that balance is the challenge. And you need Nurk to buy in. You need him to say like, okay, I don't need nine post-ups. I don't need all of these touches, but like, I want some touches closer to the paint. And if I get some of those touches, I'm willing to do, you know, some of the other dirty work stuff and just like play at, play at a consistently high energy level. Because Nurk, when he's kind of like, you've seen him kind of pouting a little bit or just like outwardly frustrated on the court, he can be a real negative. But he's got the skills to be a, a, a serious positive. I don't think he's going to jump up into that elite big man class. But there's like a sort of like Clint Capella. De- I know DeAndre Ayton's probably a little better. But like Clint Capella, DeAndre Ayton, Yusuf Nurkic tier of big man. Jonas Valanciunas tier of big man. That Nurk can consistently get to and be there and in that range of like, hey, I'm one of the above average centers in this league and I have some skills that they don't like what makes me unique is my touch around the rim. If I take my time and my my absolute size there, I don't think you want to scale up Nurk to a bunch of touches because the efficiency hasn't come with it, but I don't think you want to abandon that because you're going to lose some of what makes Nurk special. And that's his just like the, the juice he can play with the energy he can play with. Striking a balance and getting the most out of a consistently engaged use of Nurkic is the way to maximize him. It's not Bosnia and Herzegovina Nurk. It's not January to Valentine's Day Nurk of last year. But it is somewhere closer to those two roles than the role he had in November of December last season where he was, you know, still averaging 15 and 10, but he was just, he was doing it in his, you know, he was getting put back buckets and scoring and pick and rolls and stuff. The counting numbers might not look that different. If Nurk averages 15 and 10 and three and a half assists, like tight, <laughs> like that's, that's, that's a really nice season. And I don't think we p- should poo-poo that season or whatever. He doesn't need to average that 17, 14 and four, like he did in January and February. The counting numbers might not change, but the how should change a little bit. Getting Nurk a variety of touches so he's not just a pick-and-roll, dribble-handoff guy way out from the paint. Um, getting Nurk some touches on his preferred left block so he can go to work and so he's comfortable enough when he gets those touches that he can make good and smart decisions and not rush himself. Patience and balance will lead to consistency from Nurk and the balance of touches will help him be patient and the patience will help him be consistent. It will build off each other. He can get there. But it's how they use him and how they deploy him is going to be the key to everything. I think watching Nurk play with Bosnia, um, watching him rock the letter O and be this beast against France made me think that there is more to Nurk that they can tap into. But how they tap into it is going to be the key. That's going to do it for today's show. You're, like I said, you're listening to Monday, August 29th show, publishing on Sunday. For the, those of you early birds who got in there, come back. We'll have a show on Wednesday for you and Friday. We're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. Uh, We are staying three days a week until about the middle of September. Uh, I haven't totally dialed it down in, but like about the middle of September. So we've got about three weeks left of of three shows a week. And then we're going to switch back into five days a week. And then we're going to hit the ground running five days a week for a long time because the basketball season will be here. So... Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You're probably already doing that, but if you're not, go ahead and do it and tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you soon.